Welcome to episode 15 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, brought to you from the slightly warmer than usual confines of the McSauce Studios. It's June 24th, my name is Paul McGinty, with me are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Casal. Aloha. <laughs> Fresh from his trip to Hawaii. Did they say that? We are here for our part two of Star Wars Talk. Tonight we're going to cover the movies that the movies that put Star Wars on the map, the original trilogy, the ones that should be near and dear to all of our hearts. I don't think we're going to have too much argument tonight. I know the fans are going to be upset. Fans like some Dukes. We'll, we'll be sure to try to bring you some Dukes. I'm sure Matt has some ridiculous opinion about these movies. Why do you say that? Um, You're already shooting holes through his opinions. <laughs> we haven't even done anything. You're being put mean up, to Put him. up the Dukes already. This is how we're doing it tonight. Any Oof. Dukes that we're going to have this episode will be Daisy Dukes. Woo! But before we get to those Daisy Dukes, housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. McSauce.com is a force that surrounds us and binds us and penetrates us. <laughs> and it's an amazing webcomic. You should please, please check it out. I don't know why you always have to go dirty. Oh, I'm sorry. Because the fans like it. The fans like dirty. You can check us out at McSauce.com. Uh, check our strips on Tuesdays and Fridays. Comic book reviews happen on Mondays and Thursdays. And you can download your favorite podcast on Wednesdays, usually in the morning. It depends on what time I decide to upload it. <laughs> you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're in the iTunes store. Please write a review. Um, once again, I don't know what the hell it does if you write a review and give us stars. But doesn't that sound like the nice thing to do is we, give us stars? We really like reading the reviews, and it's been a while since we got one, so... I think it's been some, since uh, April since we got a review. That's Come on, guys. It makes me sad when I go there, and I check often about what the fans are saying, and I look, and I kind of get a little get tear a little in my feedback. eye. If you've already written one, don't be afraid to write another one. Yes, write another one. If you've written one, do extra homework, and we'll give you extra, extra McSauce credit. What can you do with that credit? You can buy all kinds of things, like, um, uh, I don't know, Undetermined. <laughs> you can get, you can get free cre- podcasts, you, you can, can get, get free get web comics. That's true. Unforeseen riches is what you can have. Um, maybe, like, maybe we could draw you into a strip. Maybe we could do that. Maybe. Or maybe Matt could do a portrait. Oh, that's an even better idea because that means that me and you won't have to do anything. <laughs> Matt will draw you a portrait. And it will also get Matt drawing and creating because I don't think he does nearly enough of that. I did uh, two little depressed boys. You didn't? Didn't it feel good getting those out? Well, the first one didn't feel very good because it sucked. Uh, the second uh, one see, it was better. good, Matt. Uh, I like that one. I like that one better. Not that I didn't like the second one, but I liked your first attempt lot. Did anybody get my reference by the way? I didn't. You ask you asked this all the time. I didn't LD get it. Laser. You were no. alone on an island. Okay, I'm going to tell you because nobody has come forward and I know that the listeners out there have been waiting to f- figure out what the hell I that also like to is. think no one's come forward because no one has even bothered to Google it. 
That's probably true. But in my head, like, I'm thinking everybody's like, wow, what does that mean? Oh, if only I could figure it out. I'm going to tell you, loyal listeners. It It is a reference from TJ Laser from RoboCop. TJ Laser okay. was a was a TV show that that Holy Murphy's hell. kid watched, and he did like the gun like flipping tricks and everything, and he would say, "Dead or alive, you're coming with me." You went deep, son. That's a deep cut. Matt was like, "How obscure can I get?" So, so in the movie before he becomes RoboCop. You see Murphy like flipping his gun just the way TJ Laser does, and then later on the character Robocop does that and like puts it in his leg. Remember that? I got excited because I thought you were gonna say it was from TJ Hooker. No, it's from TJ Laser. Um, and TJ Laser also said, Dead or Alive, you're coming with me, which is something that Robocop says later in the movie. Are you a big Robocop fan? Yeah, Robocop's yeah. like I like Robocop too. I just didn't the really or the first one. First one, the first one. You like Robocop also. Is there nudity in Robocop? No, but his hand gets blown off. There might be a little bit of nudity. I think there might be like a. Yeah, there is. There, is there? In the locker room in the beginning, it shows the Female men and women. Nudity? Yeah, the men and women share a locker room, so you see. How like, progressive of them. Yeah. I, I saw Robocop at a very young age at a drive in, and all, all I remember is seeing it and my mom being uncomfortable about me seeing it. Well, RoboCop was supposedly it was rated X, and then they went back and cut yeah, some stuff out of it. I think that's accurate because it was just so brutally it was so brutally violent. RoboCop is <sighs> I want to say it's probably the best comic book movie ever, even though it's not even a comic book movie. But it's got that like sensibility to but it. But ever, even after all these other movies that you know we've seen, Dark Knight. And a lot of people like Man of Steel. Well, you know how it is. Like, a lot of the things that you have nostalgia for, as we're going to get into tonight... We are going to get into nostalgia tonight. And how you we're gonna hold get those... going to Matt's nostalgia. I don't get that. You hold those things in a higher esteem than you normally do. Have you seen RoboCop recently? I haven't yeah. seen it since I was yeah, like probably 12. I don't up... think I've seen it since that cherry popping moment in the drive It holds up really well. With your mom. Oh. oh, it holds up really well, and it's got a really good soundtrack by um, uh, Basil Polderis or something like that. He he also wrote the Conan the Barbarian soundtrack. Really, really good. Another theme. deep cut. Wasn't the Matt the um, the director of that was also the Showgirls director? Yeah. I think. Um, uh, what was his name? Paul Van, Van Hoven or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did uh, Total Recall. Showgirls with Elizabeth Berkley's breast. Yeah, yeah that's the And Beaver. Yeah. But don't forget that part. Was, was Halle Berry in that too? <laughs> yes. Halle Berry. You <laughs> yeah. know what? I heard when she signed on to do Showgirls, she got um, James Marsden's role written out of Showgirls. Hmm. I was always excited that she was the one from Saved by the Bell that was going to get naked in Showgirls. She was my favorite from Saved by the Bell. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did. I, I, did. I liked her. a certain other character would be <laughs> How dare you! We had, <laughs> we had the distinction of being a Nielsen family for when Saved by the Bell was premiering. How did you get picked for... I always wanted to know yeah. that. How did you get picked to be a Nielsen family? I have no idea. They uh, they called us at, at one point, asked us if we wanted to do it, watch the show, give us mm-hmm. opinions and everything. So, how did you vote? 
uh, I think there was a box involved. I think the cable company had to come install a, a specific box for it. Yeah. And we had to make sure we were watching the show when it premiered at a certain time. And no I don't shit. remember the details. I just remember that we had a hand in the fate of Zach Morris. That's deep. Who I didn't realize. He's on that TNT show. Um, Franklin and Bash. Yeah, I didn't know that was him because his hair was too dark and it he, fooled me. He was really good in a, in a couple cameos on Happy Endings. Happy Endings, which I fucking loved. Which is now canceled. canceled. But he, know, he had a couple cameos and holy fuck is that dude funny. Do you want to know what's really fucking crazy? We're actually still doing housekeeping. Oh, shit. Yeah, we are. But you like it whenever we get off topic. So like us on the Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. If you already are following us on Twitter, you can um, you can live tweet us right now. You already know that, though. Dom already did, so everybody else can as well. And um, check out the Oaks Moonlit Matinee. This weekend, it is Pulp Fiction with the lovely John Travolta. And Samuel Jackson. John Travolta really is lovely too, by the way. He just wasn't lovely in The Punisher. No, he wasn't lovely in The Punisher. What a fucking awful decision to make him some unknown bad guy. They could have done yeah. so many other characters, yeah. and they chose to just make up something. That movie was like, like just a few degrees away from being really good, but they they fucked it up. Pulp Fiction being the the movie I've seen the most. Next to Phantom Menace, as we covered last last episode, I saw Phantom Menace twelve times in the theater, and I'm pretty sure I saw, I saw Phantom Menace or I saw Pulp Fiction six times. That doesn't seem like a Paul movie. It really doesn't. But it was one of those deals where um, me and my buddy Steve went, and then another friend hadn't seen it, so we'd go with them. Another friend hadn't seen it, we'd go with them. We saw it a shit ton of times. It was cool. It was a it was a good movie, and I know I. Quentin Tarantino movies don't feel like Paul movies, but they kind of are. You have very strict and rigid rules about the way that you handle things, and he mixes it all up, so I thought that would go against what you like. But tonight, we're going to talk about some ultimate Paul movies, the original trilogy of Star Wars. The OT. The OT. I believe Quentin Tarantino is not a fan of these films. Is he not? I don't think he likes Star Wars. Has that been stated? By Quentin Tarantino, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Where did he say that? Whenever they were looking for like new directors for episode 7, oh, like, he okay. gave his input. and he, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it wasn't Well, you know what, Quentin favorable. Tarantino? Who the fuck asked you? Well, I think like, maybe did. Entertainment Weekly or something asked him. Hmm. So, I think he... Somebody he, did ask He him. said something like, I'm go- I'd make my own Star Wars if I was going to do something like that. Like, he doesn't enjoy the thought of taking over somebody else's right. franchise. I don't think it would be good. If Quentin- I don't think it would be good if either. If Quentin though. Tarantino was a comic book writer, he would be so fucking indie. I'm not doing DC or Marvel. I'm not writing superheroes. I'm doing my own shit. It needs to be creator-owned. And I'd probably hate all of his work. <clears throat> But it would be you good, like so he would be because he I wouldn't would, give it a chance. He would be. Oh. He would, you would be, hate it before you ever <laughs> yes. read it. Yeah. He would be Terry Moore. Oh, I hate Terry Moore. Yeah, How much Terry Moore have I read? Zero. Zero. Oh, that makes sense. Before we get balls deep I'm in consistent. this, um, Dominic Yossi asks thoughts on the music changes from the theatrical to the special editions in Star Wars. That's his question. 
Ian, you have something on your nose right here. Yeah, it's here. been bothering me too. Fucking concentrate, you got it. It's gone. Is I it feel, gone now? I feel so much better. Can we can we too. continue on? Why didn't you guys tell me? I've been here for an hour. hour. <laughs> we wanted to wait until we were recording and then we could make fun of you. A lot, I, I waited until I couldn't take Are you it mad? anymore. You're mad now? Don't huh? get mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Because you did. Oh. It wasn't like you had... I'm sad. It wasn't like, a booger. It was just like a little, like... It's like, like fuzz, fuzz or something. Thing. What color of fuzz was this? Green. Green fuzz? It was, sounds like it a was light, so it was in sharp contrast to your ebony skin. Oh, ebony. It's more of a mocha. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. More of a light mocha. Yeah. If, if you were with creamer, form in a glass, you'd be delicious. Really? Yeah. I guess the like this I'm, side. I'm so I'm so tan. Oh, you're tattooing me. Close. Yeah, yeah, get in there. Oh, you see. Oh, you're her? all tattooed. Yeah, we geez, can't see. We can't. Nobody can tell. The under the the underside of Ian's arm is just as tan as the top side. Yeah, it really arm. is. I'm gonna have to get outside more. Fuck, I'm like half brother right now. Almost. This is amazing. <laughs> You're quarter brother. This is half brother. Right I'm, here. I'm quarter black. That's true. So Star Wars music from Dominic Yossi. Matt, why don't you kick off the original trilogy talk? Okay, so we had a big. You're the big yeah, soundtrack yeah, yeah. guy, the yeah, big music I, I guy. Yeah, I love, love, love the soundtracks to these movies. You just referenced a RoboCop soundtrack. By Basil McBasil. By Basil Rathbone. I don't think either one of those are correct. But, <laughs> um, the, the music in these three movies are, like, my favorite of all movie soundtracks. I think John Williams is the greatest composer that ever lived. Um, High praise, sir. Basil Poldaris? Poldaris? Um, Poldaris? Poldaris? Where the fuck is it? I don't even see his name. At the the first one, right there. Oh, Poldaris? I don't know. Whatever. It's good music. It is. That's that's an iconic theme song. Robocop one. I think it is. If you heard it, you you would be like, oh yeah. Yeah. I recognize that. We'll play it for you at the break. Okay. That'll be our break music. Makes a lot of sense, right? The RoboCop music for the Star Wars podcast. So anyway, we we're not we're making zero sense tonight. The music in Star Wars is great from the first note until the final note. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Even the fanfare. Was that fanfare, the 20th Century Fox fanfare in anything before Star Wars? I can't separate the two. If I see some other 20th Century Fox movie I get with the fanfare, my brain immediately follows up with the Star Wars theme. And then you have that little like interlude thing that goes into the Lucasfilm uh, logo, like the Lucasfilm production. Well, that's before 20th Century Fox. Uh, no, no, it's after. On the version I watched today, it's before 20th Century Fox. Are you fucking sure? Yeah. I just, dude, I just watched it like two hours ago. I'm. So sure you're wrong. It's 20th Century Fox, Black, Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far, Far Away, Star Wars. No, it's 20th Century Fox, Lucasfilm, Long Time Ago in a Galaxy Far, Far Away, Star Wars. Okay, on the version you have, that's how it goes. On the version sitting right over there. Can we pause this podcast and find out right now? No. Pause it and let's see. We'll be right back.
We're back, and after some research, this is going to be fairly anticlimactic, because both Matt and I were right. <laughs> well, I was more right, but... So, as it turns out, Ian and I thought Matt said there was music for the Lucasfilm logo. For the, the, for the record, I didn't say anything about the order of <laughs> any of this. <laughs> How it actually goes is the 20th Century Fox logo and fanfare plays over the Lucasfilm title, and then it goes into a long time ago, and then the fanfare. Right. But the the contended issue portion was, was the the order order of, of which, which I was completely unsure, which I remained silent on. But I I had the music order right, and you had the logo order right. What? Yeah, I had I said it was 20th Century Fox fanfare a long time ago. Star Wars intro, and that's essentially what happened. Because there's no sound during the Lucasfilm okay. change, but you got the logos Wait, right. No, it was 20th Century Fox Lucasfilm a long time ago. And I, I thought oh. you did say that there was a slight different Lucasfilm's music that went. With I thought it. that's what you meant too. Well, the, well, because the there Lucasfilm is like, logo had a because there is like it a Lucasfilm it's the music. Fanfare. It's the same, but it like yeah. change it goes like. Like I was saying, it's off, like going from a verse to mic. a chorus, but it's still the same song. Because right. there is a Lucasfilms, whenever there are trailers at play, there's some kind of Lucasfilms music, isn't there? It's just like I always strumming. Thought, no, I think it's but, just quiet. Is it? I, I okay. think. I don't fucking know. Who cares? This is the dumbest argument <laughs> ever. Dom, look what you did. We couldn't even get past the first two minutes of the original trilogy. So. Oh, snap, another. It's coming in like hotcakes from one villainous Tom Lynch. So, uh, getting back to the to the music changes, which we didn't really talk about. Um, the only changes I can really think of were the the music in Return of the Jedi by getting rid of Lapty Neck by Sice Noodles and the Max Rebo band, right? Right. And they replaced it with some crazy bullshit. Bullshit. Crazy. Absolute bullshit. Say it. Use some, the word. Some crazy CGI, uh, just fucking insane. Like, everything about it was so out of place. Like, you had Boba Fett, like, flirting with, the, like, Greedo's ex-girlfriend. You had that new CGI character that breaks the fourth fucking wall and he comes up to the camera and sings right in your face and you see the spittle coming out of his mouth and because, it's bad CGI. Because George Lucas had to flex his CGI Lucasfilm cock and show us just how big the veins on that throbbing CGI cock could be. That Look is, what we can do. That is the grossest picture of Lucas's and we mentioned this last week when we briefly said that this scene was bad. I just watched it today. It is so much more egregious than I remembered it being. Without a doubt, it is the worst thing that they could add to the special editions. I really like that the music that they had originally. I don't, I'm not sure why I thought you were going to say I really like that scene. I almost dove across this table. <laughs> I really like that scene. I don't the know what original, you guys are The original about. was much better. Um, Size Noodles, if you watch the original, looks kind of terrible, though. Like, but then, I mean, but yeah, she, but she, she but looks she like fits. a fucking looks, marionette. Yeah, 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 she does, but she looks natural in that scene. 
because everything because everything's she, realistic in that. I know what you're saying, but she looks equally as fake, just in a different way than the CGI. I wish there was some way that they could have straddled that line and maybe well, not. Have I don't made think her, the so. CGI was up to the standards. You know that they could obviously oh, no. pull off today. Like yeah. if they did it today, it would look really good. Because it was CG from like probably when they were doing it, probably 95, 96. Disney, if you are listening to this podcast, and we know that you are, (laughs) when you do the super special edition for these three movies, go in and change that song back to Lapty Neck, but make sure that you like do good CGI on size noodles. That's all. What was cool? That's about, all we're asking here from the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. I love cool that that song's name is Lapty Neck. Yeah, yeah. What was cool about Lapty Neck is that it sounded weird and alien, and it fit in to the entire original trilogy soundtrack. The song they replaced it with is so crappy. Neck. It's so modern day. It's such just a fucking yeah. bluesy number. George Lucas said something to the effect of he just thought it would be kind of fun or funny or something to put a big musical number right in the middle of a Star Wars movie and he kind of got a well, chuckle you know, out of it he's himself. Filled with, he's filled with a fucking shit ton of bad ideas. And since he calls the shots, he gets to you know, we get to see most of those bad ideas. Well, I'm we not, can we can get into the actual scene. I'm not going to cop to what you said. I, I disagree with you. I don't think he's full of bad ideas. As a matter of fact, I think he's full of awesome ideas, but some well, poor the, execution. The sometimes. positives of Star Wars as a whole no, outweigh the negatives. No, you're, he, you're talking about post-Return of the Jedi, George Lucas. I'm, no, I'm, I'm talking about special editions, too. Well, post-1983, George Lucas, you right. think okay. is... Like, all the stuff that comes out of his head is mush and garbage. No, I think I was pretty f- fair last time. But this this was bad. This, yeah, well, this, this is the worst. This is the worst. But moving on to the uh, the song at the end of the movie that they replaced. They replaced uh, Yub yeah. Yub. Yeah, the, the I don't like Ewok that choice song. either. I like Yub Yub. Um, see, I'm going to disagree with you there. I prefer the new song. I think that it it is such a good finale kind of a song. It has a saga. It has more of a world, a, a universe. Exactly. Exactly. In the originals, you were just on Endor. Yes. Yub Yub, you know, applied to the people that were celebrating. Exactly. In the new the context. Of I can that see where story. you're. I can see where you're going. As a musical note, I just like Yub Yub better because oh, it's fun to say. Allow me to defend Yub Yub. I understand the point that is this it Yub Yub or Yub Nub? Is it Yub Yub? No, it's the Ewok song. I understand that the My, new the new song where they show you know the different planets, the worlds, and the empires crumbling, and it's a universal thing. So it's they're not the universe isn't you know putting on their Ewok CD and playing the Yub Yub track. Right, right. But being that the original trilogy so closely followed this core five or six characters, it makes sense to me to continue their journey. And just have them stay at the core. They're all on Endor. Right on Endor. That's where the they're listening was. to Yub Yub. Sure, they're not listening to the big, fan, the big, you know, galactic song. So, do you? With that said, do you feel that they should not have shown the galaxy celebrating the the death of the Empire? It it doesn't it doesn't it didn't bother me one bit. It doesn't bother me now. I still feel it's somewhat out of place. Whenever you go to all those different worlds it doesn't it feels like you're 
It doesn't naturally feel part of the part of Return of the Jedi. But if we're taking it in the context of assuming that the viewer watched one, two, and three, then they would have knowledge of these other worlds, connect it all back, tie actually, it all in a nice bow. Actually, um, the only planet included from the prequels really was well, it was Naboo. They added it in on like one of the DVD releases, like after the special editions. They added in Coruscant, obviously, for the special edition, but, um, you know, we didn't, that was before any of the prequels were made. We just kind of knew that there was this capital planet. I don't know how we knew that. We just. Star Wars Monopoly. Star Wars Monopoly. I never played Star Wars um, Monopoly. Heir of the Empire, probably. Um, Timothy's on. But we're not here to talk We're not about talking books, about that. So, I can see. I can see missing the original because the original is kind of a fun little like song to have in there. But within the the greater scope of the overarching story, especially after one, two, and three, and then obviously four, five, and six, the, the new song works better. I think we have some more Twitter yeah, the, questions grand, as well. In the grand scope of all six movies, I think it works better, and it it ties it ties the two trilogies together a lot better. But <clears throat> I, I like Yup Yup. Yeah, I, I think that works better when you don't see the other planets. If they just keep everything on the forest moon of Endor, then it's better. But if you're going to kind of like bar hopping. I want to stay with the Ewoks. That's who I came to this bar with. I don't want to go and hang out with these other people. Dance with the Ewok that brought you. Damn straight. And, you know, John Williams wrote that. I don't know if he wrote that shitty musical thing in the middle of Return of the Jedi but <laughs> but he he did write that song at the end and and it it isn't very Star Warsy it it definitely doesn't have really any Star Wars style themes it feels like it is kind the of Jabba's Palace thing. thing no no the finale song oh right <clears throat> but yet there, there's just something it, it's it just slows everything down you know and it yeah. it just kind of it just feels like a great ending it's the feeling that I get when I watch it with that new music, with the old stuff, it's like, yeah, we fucking won! But with the new music, it's like, uh, we did it. And it's just, it's almost anticlimactic for me. Well, you can't just celebrate them I and you gotta mourn your, your fallen comrades as well. Gotta burn your dad, man. Right. Gotta do that, too. It's a little bittersweet. Right, and Luke's theme, while he's burning his dad, perfect. Tom Lynch asks, why, why does all Star Wars after Empire suck? What's your ideal date? Did you watch Singled Out? All right, Tom Lynch isn't... We're not answering any more Tom Lynch questions. <laughs> singled Out with Chris Hardwick? Or Singled right. Out with Jenny, McCarth Jenny McCarthy as the co-host? And then eventually Carmen Electra as the co-host? Do you find... Would you rather fuck Jenny McCarthy or Carmen Electra? Gee, that's a great question. Um, I would go... I'll go Jenny McCarthy. Matt. She's funny. Circa, um... Circa 90... Let's, let, yeah, let's circa, circa single out. Yeah. Um, probably Jenny McCarthy. I agree, Jenny McCarthy. Uh, so, yeah, we all watch Singled Out. Uh, ideal date. That's a stupid question, Tom. How about this? My ideal date is um, not reading the shitty Superior Spider-Man. Oh, that's my ideal date. That's a burn. 
I don't know what my ideal date would be. I'm going to have to get back to you on this one. I'm going to think about it. Matt, do you have an ideal date? A romantic date? walk on the beach. Um, a, a dinner by candlelight. By fire? By by a fireside? By fireside. By like funeral fire? A, a nice fireside chat. A uh, space gondola? Oh. Um, riding a giant tick? A, yeah, that's Let's it. keep it Star Wars thing. Yeah, a, uh, a roll around in a... A field, a meadow, if you will. Yeah. So if, if if you had to take a date to any planet in the Star Wars universe, which planet would you go to? Hoth. It's fair. Some some girls like a winter expedition. I'd go to fucking Cloud City. Cloud City is so player, so romantic. I'll bet there's a sweet-ass fucking restaurant at the top of a building well, that rotates oh, and shit. Oh, it probably does have you something know that. like that. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, Probably and I would add Lando, I'd have him give me some tips and shit. I'd be... Cloud City, that's a great call. Cloud City, on a serious note, probably is one of the most romantic locations in the oh, Star yeah. Wars universe. Cloud City smooth. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful sunsets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's where I'd have to go. If you go to Endor, you're going to get eaten up by bugs. Or Ewoks. Or Ewoks. Those, can- those cannibals. Tell what was the other question? He doesn't. And the question? other one was why? Why do all the Star Wars suck after Empire? I I disagree that Jedi I thought was really good. I also disagree. And this brings us up. This brings us to our question earlier when Matt, I think last podcast you said Sith is your favorite. It Sith is in your top three. Yeah. So of the originals, does Jedi get bumped out? Yeah. Huh. Well, Matt's stupid. Would you like to defend that? Why do you like Sith better than Jedi? Because, what do you mean? Like, it, I enjoy it better. What, Why do you enjoy it better? Because it has so, so many fucking badass, dark, dark portions to it that are that are so, like, far beyond anything in any of the Star... Like, we thought Empire was dark, but... Sith makes Empire look like a fucking walk in the park. Um, oh, well. Is it a walk in the park? Yeah, compared to walk in the goes, clouds, perhaps. But what not. goes <laughs> what goes down in Sith is really brutal. I mean, like think. About I agree. It. Baby killing, uh, multiple amputations. It's a shame. It's people so getting executed. lit on fire. Um, the entire Jedi Child. Order getting decimated. Childbirth death. Yeah, I mean, like, in and again, Empire ends on a really kind of, like, down note. I mean, it doesn't get really any lower than... Like, the only thing it would have made Sith, like, worse of, a, of an ending is if, um, like, the twins were, like, killed as well or something like that. <laughs> I wouldn't put that past Lucas to do. Just kill the... I don't have to explain this. <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> But, but, but wait, but how, how, how do they show back up in A New Hope? They just do. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you guys are both idiots. Um, so, uh, and, and I think you're misinterpreting the fact that I enjoyed Sith better than Jedi, which, from, like, a nostalgic standpoint, I like, I like Jedi so much. I mean, Jedi was, like, the first movie I went to. As a kid, I can remember very, very vaguely going. I mean, I have incredibly fond memories. I remember getting a lot of the toys. Fucking love that movie. But 
Well, we're not saying that you hate Jedi. No, but Paul, I think, is misconstruing me kind of like dissing Jedi in favor of Sith. No, I don't... I think I it's a think fair you, question. It's just a question. I know for a fact you don't dislike any Star Wars movie. Right. It's just which one you prefer. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is hard because I love all three of the original trilogy, like, immensely. I think they're... I hesitate to say flawless because I could pick, you know, the movies apart if I really wanted to, but they are easily the most enjoyable movies that there are for me. And um, But Sith just creeps right in there with, uh, with those other three. I think that the last hour of Sith alone is so amazingly intense that that, that right there is like worth the price of admission. That's all. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's... I don't think that you're wrong in what you're saying. It's just a, an opinion. Um, I don't think that... By liking one, you, you hate something right. else. I think a lot of people, you know, can misconstrue that sometimes when you say that, oh, I'd prefer this over that. It doesn't mean that you're downgrading the other thing. Yeah, so I, I think that um, that Mr. Lynch is is sadly mistaken. He has flawed logic. Let's put it this way. Uh, he's gravely mistaken. He's gravely mistaken. About sometimes the only I'd two like good to Star Wars I'd like movies. to force choke Mr. Lynch from wherever he is at with some of his opinions. But uh, one other question from young Dominic Yossi. What and this is probably a good one for you, Matt. Uh, what prequel character would you like to have seen in the original trilogy if you could pick one? What what prequel character would I have liked to see have seen in the original trilogy? Well, we saw Bell Organa. Uh, he was a little speck in A New Hope. Um, he was some of that that space debris. Um. jeez. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, who actually made it out of the prequels that, like, wasn't in the other movies. Yeah, I mean, the list is, it's a short list, because most um, of those characters do, you know, you get to see Boba Fett grow up, and... Right, I mean, maybe maybe Watto would have been interesting to see on Tatooine somewhere at some point. Yeah, that's a good um, But But again, when those kind of things happen, it shrinks the universe, it makes it smaller... And I know that certain people like the bitch that, you know, Boba Fett shouldn't have been here and there and everywhere, you know, like, like the fucking gummy bears, apparently. But, um, you know, like, I get that. So keeping everything larger, I mean, I don't know. Paul, who do you think maybe that was in the, uh, the prequel trilogy, who would you have liked to have seen made an appearance in the, the original trilogy? That didn't. Um, it's a tough question. I don't want to sound like an asshole and say nobody, but nobody. Uh, maybe Qui Gon Jinn. I don't know how they would have pulled that off. But oh yeah, he would have been great. And always come back as a ghost. Here I was there. always really disappointed that they never filmed that scene in Revenge of the Sith to bring Liam Neeson back as a as an actual ghost. I because I, yeah. I know that it's written, it's in the, the novel, 
there's a sequence where he communicates with Yoda and they tell you about it in the movie, but oh, I would have loved to have seen that. That just would have added so much resonance, I think, to like when it, when you see Obi-Wan disappear. It, I think it would have tied everything together with the original trilogy a little tighter. Qui-Gon has such a... He, did, he almost doesn't feel part of the prequels because he's he's in and then he's out. They don't bother to bring him back. You know, he, No, he, but he's referenced in all three movies. You hear his voice one time. No, but he's referenced in all three. Like, Dooku talks yeah, to... Yeah, that's, that's not enough for me. To me, he still feels like... You want him to come he's back. He's a superfluous part of, of those movies. I think if he would have come back... He could have filled the role that I think Obi-Wan if it come, did in the original. If it had sure. come back in ghost form, I think it would have gone a long way to really tying everything together a lot tighter. Perhaps. Um, but it, I'm not bothered by the fact that we don't see more of him except for at the end of Sith um, I think the fact that his influence is still somewhat felt in Attack of the Clones as a dead character no less and then again in, in Sith is you know about as good as you can do so um, Ian do you have a character that, that you would have liked to have seen from the prequels that didn't show up in the OT original um, trilogy uh, you know, I, the one that I like the most is Darth Maul. It would have been uh, difficult to bring him back, but I thought that he was such a strong character. You know, slap those robot legs on him, get him walking around. <laughs> now, this is this is obviously speculation for our next episode, but I am not so maybe sure. We could save that for our next episode. I'm probably we can give it. Uh, we won't, a, here's a we won't forget it. Well, I will forget what I was going to say, but we won't forget what you're going to say. Oh, you know what I'm going to say? We can. I think if we bring it up, it'll jog your memory. Okay. All right. Fair enough. We're not going to bring this up, and we're never going to know. We're going to know. Don't worry about it. We're going to know. So the fans are going to be pissed if we don't follow up. Fans remind us, Matt. Matt. Darth Maul. Something future about future speculation. Yeah. Do you guys remember the first time you saw a Star Wars movie? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Would you like to elaborate? Um, I The first Star Wars movie that I saw was A New Hope. My parents taped it off of... It came on, um, I think it was CBS. And my parents taped it off of TV. And there was a whole... Probably half an hour leading into the actual movie that I always watched. It was all about the phenomena of Star Wars, and it went into people talking about how many different times they went to see Star Wars. I love all watching the those figures. old '70s videos of all the people in the '70s with the short shorts and the the, tight shirts. Yeah, just talking about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. There's this one segment where they talk to. Probably about 15 different people, and all they're saying is, I went to see Star Wars this many times. And it just blew me away that people liked this this movie so much that they would go to the theater, and even before I knew what going to the theater really was, that they would see this this movie that many times. And they, they went into showing how the toys blew up, and how there were Star Wars disco songs, and um, they talked about the NASA launch, and how they were talking about... Um, May the force be with you, and it just it blew my mind. That was one of my favorite parts about the the uh, the first one was the little pro the little thing in front of the actual movie. Um, so I saw it taped, and uh, you know we edited some of the commercials out, and 
I think there were even a couple commercials because there was Star Wars cereal. There was like Darth Vader. <laughs> there was Darth Vader cereal. C three PO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there was all, all that stuff around Star Wars, but that that's how I saw it the first time was taped off TV. So is that it? you were hooked from that moment on? Yeah, I mean, I had the action. I might have. You weren't even like, had, Meh, this is okay. I'm gonna wait for the sequel. I might have even had the action figures before. Um, before I even knew anything about the movie, I'm pretty sure that Jump I had, in the gun. Pretty sure I had Luke and Leia and Darth Vader right, right before, maybe even before I saw the movie. Hydrocephalic Han Solo. <laughs> yeah, with a wobbly head, no less. That Dude. shit was fucking going from shoulder to shoulder. Do you remember the Luke with the lightsaber arm, and he had like the yellow lightsaber? Yeah, come Obi, Obi Wan had yellow. Did Obi was. Yeah, I think Obi Wan's was yellow, yellow as well. Somebody's was. They yellow. changed them. Yeah. Why would they do that? Such a bad. Fucking well, movie. why would the power of the Force figures, you know, make Luke a hulking muscle? That's builder? what they liked in the '90s. In 1994, they liked it extreme. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I first saw Return of the Jedi in the theater. It was uh, that was the one that I saw in the theater. I was only six months old when. When Empire came out, Paul, you were what about ten or eleven? I was probably about twenty. Twenty. You took your college girlfriend to go see <laughs> Star Wars. He took his forty-year-old girlfriend. I like how we're making Paul the old man on the podcast. I am the old man. It's true. I am the older statesman of the three of us. Right, you're you're the Obi Wan. About thirteen years. Yep. And we got Luke Skywalker, and and I guess I'm Salacious Crumb. That's fitting. <laughs> I like that I get to be a white character. It's, it's different. So you went to see Jedi in the theater. Yeah, what happened was my mom and dad took me and my brother to go see Return of the Jedi. It was the day after Christmas, um, and it was sold out. It just shows you how long movies were in theaters back then, right? Yeah. Because it released in May. So uh, it was sold out kind of amazing that a movie that came out in May is still sold out. So we ended up seeing A Christmas Story, uh, which might actually be my very first movie I ever saw in the theater. But then the very next night, we got to go back and we saw Return of the Jedi. And the only scene I remember, and it's a very like hazy memory, is the sequence where the Rancor comes out. But, uh... So, maybe to, um... Now that we've kind of gotten through some of our Twitters, maybe to just get a little structure going here, we can start talking about the movies, you know, four, five, and six in order. Um, we, we did a little word association last last week for the prequels, and I think that that would be a, a good exercise to do now. Paul, when I tell you Star Wars, the original trilogy, what is the one word that springs to your mind? Transcendent. Okay, now that was just one word, but could you expound upon that? It permeated the entire culture. Okay, so the movie is like the Force itself. Correct. Okay. Ian, are you still awake? I'm still here. I'm very much awake. Okay. I'm just listening to the conversation. You don't you're you're an active participant. Yeah. You realize this. Uh, yeah. Uh, are we? Is it me now? <laughs> it is your am, turn. Am I going next? Yes. Yeah. You can't use transcendent. 
that permeating. Was, damn. See, now, time out. You always use... You, when we ask you to do one thing, you always do two. You also can't use penetrating. That was what I was going to say. So what are you going to say now? Um... You were going to say penetrating? Mag- magnificent. Star Wars is magnificent. Magnificent. Matt. Can I use a compound word or a hyphenated word? Let me look up in the rule book of the podcast. Yes, you may. I'm going to say modern mythology. Woo! Okay. I like it. Thank you. I like it. That's two words. It's not even I'm a compound gonna word. I'm going to put a hyphen in there. That's just the way I spell it. So. Okay. I agree with all those things. Ian, magnificent. It's just really yeah. good. Yeah, isn't it really good? Don't you feel that it's a magnificent piece of film? Yes, I do. Warts and all, yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a big part of me that wishes that he wouldn't have done the special editions. That wishes he wouldn't have fixed stuff up. Just um, left it as is. Even even before the special editions, the, there are flaws. Yeah, and that's... that's yeah. I'm agreeing with you that I like the flaws and all. Yeah. Even some of the stuff that's cleaned up for the special editions, I miss them now. What would be a major flaw that you can see from the Star Wars original trilogy? Uh, Pre-special um, edition? We'll go pre-special edition. Well, I think in in A New Hope in particular, some of the effects are, are really kind of... Um, oh, what's the word? Bad. Primitive. Mm. Yeah, but um, I mean, in fairness, it was... At the time... It was one of the first major movies that dealt with effects on that scale. Sure. Yeah, I, I understand it. I respect it for what it was at the time. But based on today's standards, those effects during that Death Star trench run are pretty horrendous. I mean... The new the, the added ones? No, no. We're, we're doing before. Before they fixed them. I mean, go back and rewatch it and... and I mean, again, you can appreciate it for what it was, but... Yeah, there's a certain charm in watching those old versions where you can see yeah. the square box around the TIE Fighter. Yeah, yeah. As it flicks every And frame. not only that, but just the, the perfect formation that all the ships would fly in. You know, it's like... I don't know. Yeah, Vader and those two TIE Fighters were on point so, in that trench. So here's the thing that They're I... They're in attack formation. Here's, the, here's one of my big problems with that trench run. Number one, why the fuck did the Rebels have to go into the goddamn trench? Why couldn't they just skim across the surface and then right before the port kind of swoop down? Just go down. down, yeah, that's a good, that's like, a good question. Why? Why? Well, um, I'm going to pull out what I like to call a little bit of prequel rationalization maybe it's no, because no 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 yeah, no yeah, prequel yeah. rationalization is just rationalization yeah. was it too dangerous when they were skimming yeah, across but this the is, surface I mean this is an instance you know we talked ad nauseum last time about all the stuff we have to rationalize in the prequels and this is a great example that the original trilogy isn't without some silly stuff like that right so I always thought that... But why is it called prequel rational? It's just rational. Because I'm just being a dick. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But we know that. That's, that's <laughs> what I do. That's what the oldest always does. I always I always rationalize that as... They're, with all the gun turrets and all the cannons that they're flying through in that trench, 
that there wasn't enough room to enter without hitting one of those things closer to the the exhaust port. Like it was a clear, safer entrance way further out. Well there you go. That's the answer. It seemed like it took them a long time to yeah, I didn't say it wasn't a yeah, long time. No, 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 I'm saying... Like, when there no what, problem pulling out and getting out of there. Wedge never has a problem right, pulling out. Can, That's why he doesn't have any can, twins. But it's so sharp, you're not going to go down and out that, at that sharp an angle. Like, you can pull out, but you can't get in there. It sounds so dirty. <laughs> That is a sharp angle. So, do you, well, I, do you guys I, have a better reason? I don't, but this brings up a Star Wars anecdote. Have either of you guys ever heard the audio drama for A New Hope? Yes, I have. I have. And I think I made you listen to this sequence, Paul, right? I have it on tape. There is a sequence that is so homoerotic oh. in that fucking dramatization. It's a sequence with... How can I get this? Uh, you borrow the tapes when you leave tonight. Yeah, it's got Obi-Wan teaching Luke how to use a lightsaber for the first time. And and the way that he's having Luke go through these like exercises on like how to parry and thrust and everything... And it's not Alec Guinness, it's some... Uh, it clearly so, sounds pervier. Yeah, yeah, he's got kind of like a velvety kind of voice to him, and he... And he kind of goes, oh. Well, that's Mark Hamill. So you hear Mark <laughs> Hamill, and he, like, you can, like, almost hear, it, you can picture it, like, Obi-Wan is standing right behind Luke and whispering in his ear from behind. And just and gives his ear him, a little flick of the tongue. Like, and he goes, okay, now ignite your lightsaber, and you hear it, like, light up. And then he goes, how does that feel? And then Luke is like, feels like it's alive. And, and... Uh, Feels like it's pulsing with blood, and then and then he goes. Obi Wan said something like, "It is through you," or something. Just in, in all the comments, and then he has him do these <laughs> exercises, and and Obi Wan is telling him what to do, and then you hear Luke like grunting and thrusting, and he's like, uh, uh. and then afterwards he's like, "How did that feel?" And Luke is all out of breath, and he's like, "It was so natural." <laughs> And then Obi-Wan says shit like, okay, now now spread your stance a little bit. Like this. No, no, no. A little further. Like, shit like that happens. And this goes on for like five fucking minutes. He says, give me that brown eye. Well, he didn't quite say that, but it's close. <laughs> Hold it's on. So I'm that's sorry to sexy. go off on a tangent. So no, listeners, no, no, do sexy. yourself a favor. Listen to it. You will not regret it. You'll laugh your ass You'll off. You'll never forget it. Um, what did I interrupt? What were we talking about? Um, Star Wars trench logic. We were talking about deep angles. and. Oh, yeah, yeah. We so were, I think we covered that. We were yeah. talking about some of the we other inconsistencies. We were talking about our first times seeing them. Oh, you never, Paul, no, we you never. And then we got into inconsistencies. Okay. Well, Paul, you never um, talked about your first time, so let the audience know. It was 16. It was my first girlfriend. I didn't have any condoms. So I rollerbladed down to the corner store, picked up what was needed to get the job done, and threw that thing home. You, did, you didn't even just go, oh, come on, baby, you know, just this once. I don't even think I had pants on. I think I just had rollerblades on. Wow. It was all business. Wow. That is business. Your house, her house? My house. Yeah? My house. 
Square one down. Should we just take it in the butt? No. You can do that. That's no. a legal maneuver. It is a legal maneuver. We were just getting started. I came later. Here, I'll use came with a C-U-M. Uh, Did she like Star Wars too, or no? Were you watching yeah, Star yeah, Wars while you were? tolerant of my, Yeah, whenever we were dating back in high school, I was, when I, I was in Star Wars mania. Yeah. That was during the dark times when there was no Star Wars between Jedi and the special editions. That was hardcore Star Wars going strong. Just hardcore, hardcore. Nothing less. Nothing more. How, <laughs> how, how about your uh, girlfriends in the past, Matt? Were they t- tolerant of Star Wars? You're a very big Star yeah. Wars fan. Yeah. Star Wars tattoos. Yeah. Were they cool with it? Yeah. I took uh, a girl to see um, uh, A New Hope, special edition. So it's like one of my first dates, I guess, back in 97. I still have the uh, special edition, limited edition Jedi Luke Skywalker action figure from uh, the special edition yeah. at least. Now, how about your first time watching A New Hope, Paul? You want to tell us about that? It was on my Aunt Jean and Uncle Bob's Betamax. They taped it somewhere, and every time we'd go over there, that's what that's what I put on. Yeah. And then that was that was it. That was the beginning, and it's been original trilogy ever since. I saw all those movies out of order. I think I saw Jedi. And, no, I, I, almost out of order. Jedi. <clears throat> fuck. It might be Empire Jedi. A New Hope. A New Hope was definitely the last one I saw, and I fucking saw it on TV, like you. Yeah. And we had taped it, commercials and all. I probably still have the tape somewhere with my parents, and I can watch, you know, fucking commercials from 1985. That's some of the best parts of that shit. Well, I don't think any of us got to live through the shock of the end of Empire when you find out, spoilers, that Darth Vader's Because we were all born... In the late 70s, early 80s. Well, you so. and I were, but Paul was born in the 60s. Oh, that's right. And he was just, like, fucking beatnik or something like that during, during Star Prohibition. Wars. During <laughs> Prohibition. <laughs> yeah, by the time... I'm pretty sure... Back in it. his day, when he was rollerblading, the wheels were made out of wood. <laughs> that's right. By the time... I'm pretty sure by the time I saw A New Hope on Betamax, I had already known... Vader was Luke's father, so I'm kind of disappointed. You hear all the, you know, all the testimonials, testimonials, and all the stories about yeah. people, people who were just blown away yeah, when I that revolution, that must revelation came. Because for, because I think that I always knew. You've you've said that before, Matt. You feel like you've always known yeah. that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's yeah. father. To quote Princess Leia, somehow I've always known. So you use your force, foresight, foreskin, <laughs> force, foresight, foreskin. It's hard, like I. It's like I can see the foreskin in the future. I can't think of anything else in in like comics or movies that would have been as monumental as that moment. Maybe the end of the Sixth Sense because I didn't have that blown for me when I saw it, and I was I was bummed the fuck out. Yeah, but there's there's a way there's a way that that would make sense. And the hints that they give you throughout that movie, you can guess that. There's no way in hell that you can guess that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. There's just no way you can guess that. Right. Next. Well, what is next? Um, do, do we want to kind of dissect the uh, the movies a little bit? Sure. What was your favorite part of A New Hope to act out as a child? 
Uh, um, you guys don't have this keyed up. Do you have this keyed up? Fuck yeah! I played the trash compactor scene over and over again. Get all the blankets yeah. down off the off the bed and jump in there. Okay. Well, you we know what? By the, by the time like... that came out, I was so old I wasn't playing in blanket forts. <laughs> you missed out on a lot of. <laughs> Blanket trash compactor <laughs> adventures. So I'd always go and run on top of the couch, and I was like, oh, I have to shoot at the stormtroopers, and then you jump down and into the chute. Yeah, we did. Uh, I'm gonna say blanket, the trash compactor bit, and the bit right before the trash compactor, where they're in the detention hallway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. have to play. You can't just go straight into the trash compactor because you have to do. You the have dive to play out, yeah, and you have to get make believe Leia down there and. Make believe mm-hmm. chewy. She's all, she's all wet in that dirty water. Ooh. Right? What? Yeah, but when you're it. playing it in the blankets, you're not thinking about that part. I don't think I had a scene that I played out or no. that I can remember at least. I, I was more of an action figure kind of kind of guy. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't really reenact the uh, the movies. I kind of made up my own adventures with yeah. those characters. By the time I was old enough and I was into action figures, Jedi was out. Mm-hmm. So, every all of my action figure playtime took place in the sandbox. Everything happened on Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> if I went to the basement right now and brought out my my rancor figure, rancor, I, my whatever, rancor? my rancor figure, I bet I, I could stand. I bet I could still squeak sand out of it. Yeah, there are a lot of my Star Wars action figures that are just covered in sand. A lot of clay, like clay. clay like red clay for blood. I beat the shit. My my mom still still gives me a hard time. I beat the shit out of my Star Wars figures. We had a clothesline in our backyard. And uh, me and my old buddy Vince, uh, we thought it was a good idea to bend them at the waist over oh. the clothesline. Then pull the clothesline all the way down to, to the ground and shoot them into space. And everyone came back down except Yoda. Yoda went somewhere. We never found him. He went up. He became one with the force. <laughs> there it is, folks. It's pizza time. We'll talk what happened to my Emperor's Royal Guard figure when we get back. Enjoy the RoboCop theme song. bellies, clear minds, thanks to Pizza Hut and their crazy cheesy crust pizza. It was crazy and it was cheesy. It's so good. It really is good. It, I think it puts Pizza Hut back on the map in a lot of ways. Can they just make the pizza the crust? No actual inside, just yes. a circle of cheese and dough? Yes. <laughs> crazy cheesy crust is And that's is probably like... healthier, I would think. Eh, would it be? No. no. Dough, and, dough and cheese dough and are real cheese, bad. Yeah. It's like stuffed crust evil twin or or heroic twin. If you had some really like loose poop, it's the that would fucking take care of it right there. I feel like <laughs> it'd be poop glue. Yeah, it would kind of let's let's put it this way, it would bind it all together. <laughs> I feel like this crazy cheesy crust is the stuffed crust's homo superior. Yeah. 
It's got that extra gene uh, in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars action figures were a big part of all of our childhoods. And as every time I think of Star Wars action figures, I think of one particular moment during my childhood when I witnessed phenomena that will never happen again. This is back when Paul took Obi-Wan's lightsaber and in the bathtub and shoved it up his pee hole. And then it came out the back. <laughs> and then it came out the back. <laughs> Somehow it found its way through all that piping. Use the force, Paul. <laughs> Let go, Paul. <laughs> so obviously that's the one. That's your not ball it. Came no, there's one another one. in a million, kid. So there's another one. There is another one. Though that would have been a pretty impressive phenomenon. There is another. There is another. Okay, go. Jesus Christ. These are Star Wars. Yeah, references. I know. I can't handle. I can't handle you guys. That's because you know. So me and the aforementioned Vince, destroyer of worlds, and his friends' toys. Everybody had a dickhead friend like that that would just fuck your toys up. I was in there. It, it, at the time, it was so great flinging Star Wars figures into the air and hitting them with rocks, and it was so entertaining. But now I'm like, oh man, I had all those fucking toys, so many fucking figures that I wish I still had, at least a part of. I hope you had fun destroying your own childhood. So Vince and I were at his his we were at his aunt's and we had a shit ton of Star Wars and GI Joe figures. GI Joe figures being his because I wasn't a GI Joe collector. So we there was a wall that sat about maybe two feet high, and we had all the figures lined up in a row, and we were a good uh, maybe twenty feet away throwing rocks at them to knock them down. Well, the Emperor's Royal Guard figure had the big penis head red helmet on and it was connect it was kind of connected to all of his shoulders it wasn't just a peg in the body I remember that really really good looking figure well I threw a rock and I hit this figure square in the chest the body of the figure just rocketed back behind and the head just fell straight to the ground where it stood head didn't move just fell disconnected from the body perfectly to the ground and all I have is my memory it's a supernatural phenomenon wow supernatural phenomena that is a really amazing story could you tell it again I'll never forget it that's what Star Wars figures mean to me I'm not sure why you're so destructive with your Star Wars figures well I can kind of um, I'm sure we I, I can side with Paul here a little bit I didn't my Star Wars figures were more beloved than that. Are you looking at my arm, my tattoo? Yeah. Okay. Star Wars. It's um, the Rebels Alliance. You have one. I know what it is. So, um, the Star Wars figures were too beloved, but G.I. Joe's were fucking fair game. They were cannon fodder. Well, they were BB gun fodder, actually. And the great thing about G.I. Joe's, especially the earlier ones, maybe not like the... 1990 ones, but like the ones from the 80s, you could shoot those with a BB gun and hit them in the chest and they would shatter. <laughs> it was the most satisfying feeling. Yeah, they would explode. Yeah. See, I don't... I remember fixing my G.I. Joe figures whenever the band inside <laughs> yeah. broke. I was like, oh no. And then you could go and you could put a, a rubber band in between and still repair them as yeah. long as their crotch wasn't too badly snapped. <laughs> <laughs> the old snap crotch. The fatal disease. All G.I. Joe's eventually suffer from Snap the old crotch. <laughs> <laughs> Baroness was usually the first to go with Snap Crotch. Yeah. 
She had a real loose crotch. She really did. So while we were away, we got a question via text from Matt Kibbert because he's not on the Twitter. We got a couple questions from Matt Kibbert. The first being, what are our favorite Star Wars related memories? Favorite viewing, costume, childhood memory? I think I just gave you mine. Destroying my <laughs> destroying my figure. That's really that's really Did we kind a of cover appointment. Oh, there's another that you one. destroyed all your Star Wars stuff. Oh, his question wasn't a disappointment. The destroying no, figures no, no, was no, a no, disappointment. No. I think you kind of covered did, most of that. We did kind of cover that. I also would like to put with my uh, acting out of Star Wars that me and my my dad Steve VCR did a lot of the Empire scene, a lot of that lightsaber battle. Your dad's amazing. Out. Well, I don't think I don't think. Did we you covered... yell at your dad and tell him that you're not my father? Yeah, yeah. I don't think we covered our favorite. Moments from the original trilogy. Okay, okay, fair enough. Paul, what's your favorite moment from the original trilogy? Um, I think I'm gonna. Matt might share this with me. I think we've talked about this before. My favorite. There's a handful of moments, but the one that all the one that always stands out. My favorite is Luke on the cell barge. Damn it! That's mine too. That's not yours. Nope. So I'm thinking. Uh, well, that's me. Thinking yeah, you. we've I'm talked about you. this before. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as soon as Luke, from the moment Luke enters Jabba's palace till they fly off, uh, fly off on the sail barge after the, that really bad model sitting on the sand in the background explodes. That's, that's, uh, those three movies, that's my favorite scene. When Luke steps out onto the, onto the plank and the, the music starts real low, gives R2 the, the salute. He's so cocky, and in that moment, when the whole world is against him, he's still confident that he's going to get through, he's going to save his friends. And he's confident that okay. the entire time, from the moment he walks in, and it's it's such a new Luke Skywalker. You're like, this is what this dude's been getting up to. This is the new and improved Luke yeah, Skywalker. Yeah, this is what he's been doing since the end of Empire. 50% less hand. <laughs> he's been getting his shit together. And this is, it's almost the badass Luke Skywalker that I've always always wanted to see. I say almost because effects weren't up to what they are now that we could really see what Luke would be capable of. What kind of things with added effects would you like Luke to be doing? Yeah, well, now that you ask, and now that I think about it, I may not want to see any. I, I, I almost like his more, his more rugged, grounded approach to just going after things. Uh, maybe he doesn't need to do a lot of flips and fancy stuff and fancy swordplay. Maybe Luke's style is just going at it. And I will make the Green Lantern analogy to Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner. Did you have to go with Green Lantern? Yeah, yeah, because this, this is appropriate. <laughs> the Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, is an artist. So a lot of his Lantern constructs are like big pieces of artwork. You know, they're big like anime, robot stuff that he's into. Jon Stewart's an architect, so all of his constructs are really well built from the inside out. Uh-huh. And has a military mind as right. well. Right. But Hal Jordan is just all business. So you don't get a lot of fancy stuff. You don't get a lot of flair. It's just, he's just gonna blast the shit out of you because he just takes care right. of business. And I, I feel you. like that's how that's how Luke is. He's there to get a job done. He's very efficient. Right. Luke's a moisture farmer, so he has more moisture farmer Jedi approach. He does. Probably the greatest moisture farmer of all time. I know he's my favorite. 
Well, I, I really Uncle like... Owen was a pretty badass moisture He part. was, he was. And don't forget, uh... And you know what? Luke was always Big Lars. Lars. You know, Lars. Lars. <laughs> the fuck? Why'd you change his name? And you know what? And Luke, I take it back. Luke was always bitching. He didn't even want a farm on the moisture farm. He wanted to go off and save Explore the Explore the galaxy. He wanted to join the Empire. Dumbass. No, he wanted to rejoin the he wanted to join the, the rebellion, rebellion against the Empire. He wanted to enter the Imperial Academy. Please try to pay attention. I'm pretty sure he says, "I want to join, join the rebellion? rebellion against the Empire." No, he said, "You know of the rebellion against the Empire," but he's bitching about how he wants to go to the Academy in when he's sitting at the table drinking blue milk with Lar Owen and um, Aunt Beru. He's talking about the Imperial Academy because there's no Rebel Academy. He was a Nazi. He was. In retrospect. He didn't know any better, but then in the deleted scenes, if you watch the... the I think it's on the Blu-ray. Biggs comes back and kind of says, Hey, look, you're the only one I trust, but I'm going to tell you me and some friends are going to like defect to the, to the rebellion. And then Luke, all of a sudden, he wants to be a Rebel. So, like, he wasn't exactly sure. He just wanted to be a pilot. He didn't want to farm moisture. Right. He wanted to be flying around. What a boring ass fucking <laughs> job moisture farmer is. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. So why do you think he wanted to pick up fucking power converters so bad at Tashi's? Because it was station? something to do. Exactly. And since that's since we share that favorite moment, you have to pick it? a different one. That's fine. I can't. I mean, I like the. Um, I like. The moment in Empire Strikes Back, whatever. Is he stealing mine now? Uh oh. Uh oh. I hope so. Yeah, I yeah, hope do so. Um, whenever they walk into the dining room and Darth Vader's okay. sitting there. Safe. I like that. That is a really cool sequence. It's just a cool framing. Um, just the <laughs> contrast of Vader against the entire white. And what's background. neat is that you don't get a lot of Vader and Han together. No. And it's just a sim- it's a simple little moment. But you you feel the power of the, of the, uh, the force, of the dark side of the force, and uh, you see Lando betray his buddy. And yep. it's a lot of good stuff. I like that scene. Not my favorite, but so great scene. <laughs> Speaking of um, the dark side of the force, well, the force in general. Is this going to lead into your favorite bit? No. You want me to do that first? Yep. Favorite bit is a sequence where Luke goes to Cloud City and he ends up on that little elevator and he ends up in the freezing chamber and Darth Vader's standing at the top of the steps and all those orange lights come on and he walks up those steps and he ignites his lightsaber and then Vader ignites his right there that's like Great fucking moment. it's the, the coolest fucking moment in all six movies. I could agree with that. I think that's objective. I, I could I could but go it's with a good that moment. One. It's pretty factual. I'll, I'll give no, it to you. It's a good moment. Thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Force and Han Solo was a uh, a topic of contention oh, last week. Fuck. Yes, it was. And, and it's more appropriate to talk about this week than it was last week because I don't believe Han Solo is in any of the prequel movies. Appropriate. So. Goes out the window when we sit here and gather together. Appropriate. How appropriate was Robocop during housekeeping? <laughs> that was appropriate. So, right. Han Solo, I contend that 
given the proper circumstances, Han Solo may be able to harness some portion of the Force. And Paul, you contend that Anne's stupid. Okay, now, I did not take a side last week, I don't think. Or if I did, I don't remember what the fuck I said, but I'm going to firmly take a side now. Ian is correct. I don't, know how, I don't know how I feel about this. I argued with you all last week. I agree with Paul. Why am I correct? Is this what you did all week? You thought about this? Why are you pissed off? Don't be pissed. Look at you. You're stealing. You're shaking You your are. Head. Why are you so angry? Put that down. Put what it down. Look. It's going to be explained to you, and then you're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm enlightened now. Then I feel it's going to be explained it. to me, and I'm going to say, no, you're both stupid. When it used to be just one of you was stupid. Well, what? You, ex- you explain why you feel that way. Paul, then you can have your. I went over this last week. Okay. Okay. But not. So, uh, Han Solo does some pretty amazing things in. The, uh, particularly in the Empire Strikes Back, um, especially when he navigated the asteroid field. What were the odds of surviving it? Three thousand seven hundred twenty to one. Never tell me the odds. That's right. I can't handle you guys. But, but, in he said, you know what? It's luck. But you know what Obi Wan said? In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Maybe the Force was helping guide Han Solo through that asteroid field. Maybe the Force was guiding... Never mind. <laughs> you know what, that's a really good point. No, I, that is a great I, point um, that you make. So can't, can't he just be a good pilot? No, you gotta yeah. be good to be lucky and lucky yeah, to be good. Yeah, I understand. But as Obi-Wan said, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. And he also explained... That the force is something that affects all living beings. That was my point before, and you poo-pooed that. I whether think if it's not, something that it connects the universe together, I think whether that or not they realize it or not, the force—it's still the will of the force, which Qui-Gon talks about. It's about the will of the force, whether or not the user is even aware of it. So maybe to some degree, the force wanted—I don't know—Princess Leia to live. So, the Force guided Han Solo through the asteroid field. Something like that. Um, and I'm not saying this is the definitive thing, but I think it's something to think about. It, like, if you take little bits of things that were said in A New Hope, and then kind of like Yoda's explanation of the Force, and then the fact that Han Solo, he doesn't believe it. He just believes in getting lucky, and that's it. But Obi-Wan was like, no, 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 it's not about luck. This is the will of the Force. Okay, I disagree. I mean, that's a good point. I get it. I, I hear what you're saying. That's I don't, better than I don't your think point it is. you made. I think he's just good. He can just fly the fuck out of that ship. He's just a really good fucking pilot. Could be. What? I don't. I don't think. And it's, it's. It's. I don't think everything needs to be connected. I don't think Peter Parker's parents were killed on purpose. It could be just they an were accident. They spies, Paul. Yeah. It could be just an accident. Not everything has to be. Interconnected, Han Solo can just be a good pilot. So, good. Guess I'm a loser. 
what we don't play games like that on this <laughs> podcast. Um, what other questions did Young Matthew ask us? Let's get back to serious business here. Young Matthew's second question. If Image Matt had to make love to one of the bounty hunters aboard Vader's Star Destroyer in The Empire Strikes Back, which one would he slam? Would it be everyone's favorite Boba, favorite Boba Fett? That's so played out. Would it be the the giant lizard Bosk? Sexy. The droid Forlong? Think what Bosk no. could do with that tongue. I'm gonna probably go with IG88, um, because you know he might have like a a nice little slot somewhere in his droid body that I can slip it into. It's not going to be soft, though. It's going to be cold. The interior, maybe. Like, maybe he's got, like, a pocket pussy built in or something. Yeah, like he has a Star I'm pretty Wars sure that was light. in the novel. In the, in the... And, of course, it was in the novelization. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the Tales... Timothy Zahn was a big hunters. fleshlight guy. Yeah. So, yeah, IG-88. Okay. Everyone look up IG-88. You'll see why Matt picked the worst bounty hunter to have sex with. I know what he looks like. Do you want me to do Dengar? Uh, well, Dengar's at least a person. Dengar's the guy that was all wrapped up, is that right? Yeah. Yep. How did he get all fucked up? How did he get all fucked up? I think in the Expanded Universe. Because we're not talking Expanded Universe tonight. Well, I want to know. I'm interested. We've been talking Expanded Universe a lot. In the Expanded Universe, I think him and Han were in some kind of race or something, and he crashed or something. There... There's an addendum to that question for Ian and myself. Leia, Iron Bikini, or Padme in the white arena suit? Oh, jeez. That's such a difficult one. It's not, not Padme. White suit. Mm, Leia. See, see, but I'm not I'm not somebody that has always fantasized about the the metal bikini. Because we were still, too young for that to yeah. affect us on that level. Well, you guys were too young. You were. Yeah, I was well into yeah. college at that point. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think I have to still go metal bikini. Yeah. 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 Just more classic vibe to it than the white jumpsuit. Yeah, I'm a big. Fan it's so of hot. That. It's just like when Matt said that he prefers Sith over Jedi. It's, he's not knocking Jedi. Not knocking the white outfit. It's just not. It's one notch below. The white outfit felt a little more egregious to me than the bikini. Like, the bikini kind of made sense. Like, Jabba's this fucking asshole, and he's got a slave, and he's going to make her dress up like some two-bit two-bit space slut. But in Attack of the Clones, I mean, like... She just dressed up as a two-bit base slut for the fuck of it. She, she gets her shirt ripped and it strategically yeah. just happens to be this like midriff thing. Yeah. Like, In the sexiest way possible. Amazing. And I don't remember seeing her back all fucked up afterwards. It, it is. Is it? Yeah, I can't, yeah, yeah I can't. it is. Because that, that's something that I, I really pay attention to. Now, we're gonna, we're gonna get into a little bit of the psychology of this. I always... I, I was always Luke growing up. So... Like, I always identified with Leia as being my sister. So I never gave Leia any consideration for having sex with her. What a white knight. You remember that you're not actually Luke Skywalker, though, right? Which is odd, because that would make Padme my mother, who I would have coitus with. So really, your logic has no logic whatsoever. 
It makes sense in a fucked up way. Yeah. <laughs> your logic is your logic is I am even more deviant than the surface your, would. Your, your logic is allow. I would rather fuck my mother than my sister. Yes. Yeah. That's about it. That thing's got it going on. She is sexy. Mm-hmm. So, Tony Cassell on the Twitter asked us a very good question. Oh, what is it? He'd be interested to hear our take on how the prequel storylines events affect our viewing of the original trilogy, for better or worse. And this is something that, when I watched Return of the Jedi today, really, really hit home. After watching the prequels last week, watching Jedi today, I didn't get around to watching all three of the original trilogy movies, but I'm pretty sure the same would hold true. Um, I was al- I was always afraid that the prequels would negatively affect how I saw the original trilogy, that I'd no longer see Darth Vader as such an imposing figure, but I'd see him as just whiny Hayden Christensen. And that's not true at all. Uh, watching... Watching Return of the Jedi today made watching the prequels feel like I was watching fan fiction. It doesn't feel connected to me. It doesn't feel like one really leads it into the other. I can absolutely split the two apart into two different entities. Do you think that if in Sith, if they gave us more Darth Vader in the costume, hunting down Jedis like we proposed we wanted to see, do you think that that would connect them more and then affect your opinion on Vader in the prequel or in the original trilogy? Maybe. The Hayden Christensen we see is so different from Vader in the original trilogy. And 20 years have gone by in that time, so clearly he's not going to be the same person. But it, do- it really doesn't feel like it's the same guy. His motivations seem different. It just doesn't feel like that's the same character. And that's fine with me, because I, I would prefer to split them up. Do you feel, Matt, that the way that you view the original trilogy is affected at all? Absolutely. It, it definitely makes you view it in a different way. Um, you know things now that you didn't know before. Like you, you can't help but look at things differently. I remember you know, the first time that I saw some of these prequel movies like your and then you go back and watch the original trilogy. I was... I just looked at them differently. I'm trying to think of, like, uh, a good example. Um, well, that's what The I, relationship that's... between Vader and C-3PO. You know, in my head, I'm just like... Yeah. Every time that I, I see either one of those characters on the screen, I'm like, gosh, it, he made C-3PO. Well, that's, that's what I thought, too, that they would, be, they would be linked so intricately that I couldn't, I couldn't split them apart. But watching Jedi today, I mean, that's Hayden Christensen in the prequels and David Prowse are two different characters. And I didn't think, I'm happy that I'm able to, to separate those. Yeah, they, they do feel like different characters. I mean, that, that doesn't really affect me one way or the other because, like you had said, so much of a passage of time had happened. It wasn't just that. I mean, the guy, like, has been living in a black fucking suit of armor for 20 years he's very shrivelly now he's consumed with evil by now he's he so is, he is different I mean he's just a completely different guy and it takes seeing his son basically give up his life to 
bring him back. Another really great moment in, it, you know, we were talking about our some of our favorite moments when you watch Vader wrestle with that morality of saving his son or just hanging in there and you know supporting the Empire, which he's been a part of for right. you know so since many so many years. Yeah, yeah, since the beginning, he he was one of the foundations of that and seeing him make that decision to go back and forth with no real, you know, no dialogue in, in their monologue or anything. He just was turning his head and made that decision. I, yeah. I think that's another great moment. Um, I agree with that. And, and this is uh, something that I've considered like way, way after I've seen all six movies, but it's kind of a really cool parallel between the prequels and the... Um, the original trilogy. original trilogy. I'm trying to think. Did I fucking talk about this last week? The the how the birth and death of Darth Vader is like really similar. I remember you talked about. I think the, maybe I talked to you about this. You talked about the, the I don't remember the scene this. where Palpatine pronounces him not right. your Lord Vader. So I think we can agree that the birth of Darth Vader was when he decided to kill Mace Windu or help Palpatine and that was the moment that he crossed the line and joined with the dark side um, and then the moment that he is redeemed as Anakin is when he decides to turn on the Emperor and save his son right so those two sequences are very like mirrored um, in Revenge of the Sith you have Darth Vader and uh Mace Windu and the Emperor of like this trifecta, this like three character sequence where you know one character is begging for help um, on the dark side, and um, you know Anakin is presented with a choice: do I help or do I do nothing? And you know, I guess stay good in that instance, and obviously decide to help the Emperor, and he crossed into the dark side. In Return of the Jedi, he decides to help his son instead. Again, he's somebody's pleading for him to help, and he answers the call. But this time, and you know, for the side of good, I think it's pretty cool, and I think that's intentional. And I think George Lucas is pretty fucking brilliant for coming up with that. It does seem like it's a mirrored kind of thing. I agree. George Lucas. Uh, stumbles his way into a lot of good fortune. But I don't see how that's not intentional. You're an asshole. Well, objectively. Um, So, uh, in other ways that the the prequels have altered our um, perception of the originals, um, I mean, seeing Yoda fight might have changed a little bit. You know, you, you realize that he actually was a really great swordsman, um, which is Paul hates that, but I think it's kind of cool actually. Hate it. Um, well, you hate what you didn't have in your head. That's right. The stormtroopers are all Australian. Yeah, well, there you go. Like replicas of the stormtroopers are based on. These clones, that's kind of interesting. The clones themselves are based on wars. Boba Fett's. The Clone Wars, which are talked about very briefly, but yet here we are thinking that the clone, like, 
I know that there was all kinds of speculation that the whole like Mandalorian race was involved in the Clone Wars. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna go but, with that. But that's all like shit outside of the movies, you know. Somehow these like things um, gained somehow uh, steam, like these rumors or the speculation. I mean, I don't know where the fuck it came from, but it certainly isn't referenced fan, in the movies. Just right. fan speculation. Just like... Well, don't, oh, isn't in the novelization, don't they reference the Mandalorian armor was used in the Clone Wars? Which technically, technically it was. Um, I don't know. I, and I, another thing that's referenced in the, uh, in the novelization for Return of the Jedi is Obi-Wan explains that Owen Lars and him were brothers. So, we actually thought going into the prequels that Uncle Owen and Obi-Wan are actually brothers. Remember that? Yeah. And obviously that's not the case. But does that break anything? Does that ruin anything? No. 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 I think that people, you know, they wanted to see they they really like Boba Fett. They wanted to see Mandalorian army because they were connecting that and the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I think that's where it comes from. It's just fan yeah. anticipation of, of bits and pieces that were presented to them. I think in the Clone Wars TV show, you see the whole Mandalorian army and its involvement in um, in the Clone Wars. I haven't seen those episodes, yeah. but I'd be interested to. Um, but, I mean, obviously being a fan of the prequels... They haven't affected my, my love of Star Wars, the original stuff, in an adverse way. I still really like them. Yeah, me too. I still really like the originals. I like the originals too. It, I think it makes I think it makes me appreciate the originals more because I can see how bad it could have gotten. Because there's a lot of stuff that I and watching Jedi today kind of put like I feel like I was really. I was really easy on the prequels, but after watching Jedi today, I mean, it's no fucking contest. Those the prequels just aren't—they're not for me. They're not very good, and I mean, but there's so much in Return of the Jedi that I, I'm just mesmerized as I watch it. Like I, I can't get enough of it. Everything's everything's so good. Everything feels so real. Everything's tangible. Like you know, you can walk into Jabba's palace and just touch anything. Everything's right there. They didn't have the technology to overdo anything with CG. Yeah, I think it's Which a reasonable it disconnect. For it, except for that special edition scene where they suddenly add, you know, the giant stage wing to Jabba's palace. I think it's a reasonable <clears> disconnect <throat> with the realism of the sets that are actually built opposed to the green screen. I mean... So, speaking of Return of the Jedi, the most controversial aspect of the movie, probably the most controversial aspect of the original trilogy are the Ewoks. Uh, which we talked about last week. Um, I have no problems with the Ewoks. I was kind of getting on their shit last week to kind of make a point. But, um, again, for people that bitch and moan that the, you know, about the Gungans or things like that, I don't understand why the same arguments aren't leveled toward the Ewoks being, you know, kind of the same thing. Don't you think that that argument just shifted from the Ewok? The hatred that the Gungans have from the fan base was originally on the Ewoks. Yes. I, and yeah. it just shifted to the Gungans. Yeah. The, the Ewoks still the shit on. <clears throat> We're from a different generation, so we People don't... People hated them. 
Yeah, that's what I said. The they still people shit still shit on still Ewoks. Shit on them. But, but, but not that, as viciously I as agree. they do the Gungans. Only because the, prequels, the Ewoks didn't really have a silly mascot like Jar Jar. I believe that since the prequels, the original trilogy, is as high as we held it, is even held even higher by a lot of the diehard fans. Um, you know, they're, they're even yeah. more flawless than ever. Uh, and I feel like people are a little more forgiving of the Ewoks. I mean, I, I do still kind of like, if you think about it, they really make the Empire seem like wimpy. Although, I had a, uh, a lengthy discussion with, um, with our last Twitter uh, question giver. Tony. Tony, yeah. Anth- Sir Anthony. Sir, Sir Anthony. And, uh, well, dignified. And he was saying that there are a lot of examples of the Ewoks being completely ineffective against the Empire. Like, yeah, they get they get killed. They get yeah, they, they get do. Killed. They get killed pretty bad. You see, long. you see one Ewok trying to take down an ATST with like a fucking hatchet on the foot of it. It's kind of funny. They had some humor in there. You see them shoot the catapult at one of the heads of the ATST, and it just turns and shoots and kills them. Um, well, there's the one scene where there's a big explosion oh. and like five Ewoks just yeah. bite it, and one who's dying like crawls over to another one and shakes him. Yeah, and, and just, he's like, "Oh, that's, that's it." Yeah. You're like, "Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, I don't think. Bad. I hope that I wasn't making the Ewoks appear as a superior force to completely topple the Empire. I just thought that they stood somewhat of a fighting chance. Well. Um, if we if we want to go the rationalization route, we can say that maybe the Empire wasn't expecting some kind of native tribe to right. help out the rebellion. No, you're right, and and you see, would think they would have that scouted out though. Maybe, well, I don't know. But yeah, but they're the Empire. They're probably like, fuck those little guys. We got this. I think that you seem to have a problem with kind of like conjecture. I like it. I think it makes it fun. I think that it kind of broadens the universe that's there. It makes you just consider so many other possibilities. Everything isn't exactly spelled out for you, so you can like kind of enjoy speculation. So going that route, which I like to do, with the Ewoks, they were only essentially there to create chaos, and chaos ensued. Really the only objective that the Rebels had on the forest moon of Endor was what? to blow up the shield generator, to get into that bunker and blow it up, which they were able to do because of all the chaos. Because they don't actually show, like, the Ewoks actually winning, but they did show them, like, beating some stormtroopers, like, with slingshots and shit, which I was a little bit like, eh. I I more appreciate the ineffectiveness of them, (laughs) just showing them kind of getting in the way, you know? Yeah. Um, But, so, they blow up the death, or they, they blow up the shield generator... The rebels rush the the Death Star. They can you know get to it. They blow that shit up, which is right hanging above the moon. The stormtroopers and all the Imperial officers down below see that, and they're like, "Oh fuck, we just lost this fucking battle." And the and the rebels obviously have a fleet right up above, and they're probably coming down. So that like again conjecture, but that kind of like leads to you accepting the defeat of the Empire on the moon and the Force. The force of the Empire on Endor isn't an all-out army like Gungans versus battle droids. Well, I mean that's the just the Emperor sent an entire legion of his best troops. Well, that's clearly false. 
He could have just been bullshitting Luke to make Luke feel like it's hopeless. Yeah, that that that's clearly because in the back of the Emperor's head, he knew he's like, you know, I got like, you know, the really his shitty best, ones. His best troops never really did great work. No, they really did. Probably the their best work was on Hoth. Whenever they took the fuck out of that rebel yeah, base, yeah, they killed a lot of fucking rebels and took that shit out. Sweet. That's something that the special editions could have fixed, was the stop motion of the ATSTs. Yeah. I don't know why that wasn't addressed. I mean, I know they cleaned it up and got rid of some of that, like, blue screen stuff with the black outline around certain things. And that was nice. Yeah. But why did they CGI those It feels like some of their focus was just on the wrong things whenever they're doing some of their cleanup work. There's a, like, in, in some cases, yeah. Like you said earlier, there's a certain kind of charm about some of the flaws in the original trilogy. Yeah. Like, during some of the Jawa's Palace scenes where they reversed the film on Boba Fett, and all of a sudden, for two shots, his his eyepiece thing is on the other side of his helmet. Yeah. And those, they never bothered to correct that. Mm-hmm. The Stormtrooper hitting his head in A New Hope going into the place 3 and R2 are hiding. Did you know that because of that little flub in Attack of the Clones, when... Boba Fett or Jango Fett's getting on the Slave One and the door's coming down he hits his head and oh, it's like a little that. nod to that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so what, I think this is a good opportunity to get into what's bad about the original trilogy. I say nothing. Flawless movies. I'm clearly fucking with you. Relax. <laughs> Settle down, Matt. I didn't get upset. So I, I watched... <clears throat> um, you know, I was watching uh, watching Return of the Jedi, looking for silly shit. And we talked last week about how there was just a bunch of goofy stuff thrown in there, like want a battle droids dying. It's like, uh, makes what a silly world, what a world, robot dying noise. And there's there's some little dumb stuff in Return of the Jedi like that, like when they're on the cell barge and the band plays the plays the lick from Saturday Night Fever. Or staying alive, it plays the. Did they do the that? Course, yeah. Really? I didn't pick up on that. I mean, I know the part of the movie you're talking about, but yeah, there's so there, there's a couple little little silly bits. Is that it? Just that. You guys don't have anything else? That's it? Well, Fla- I, fl- flawless movie? No, they're not flawless. The lightsaber battle in A New Hope is laughably bad. Why don't they fix those lightsabers? I have said for years, ever since the special edition came out, they should get an actor that's really good at sword fighting and throw a brown robe on him and get another actor that's really good at sword fighting and dress him up like Darth Vader. CGI Alec Guinness's fucking face in there. And have those two guys go at it like crazed motherfuckers. I think that that would be so amazing. Because yeah. you would see the rematch to... I know you hate it, Ian, but a lot of people probably consider that battle between Obi-Wan and Anakin and Sith to be like the best lightsaber battle. But it, I didn't hate it. I don't think it's the best lightsaber battle. Um, but I, I, I didn't like, hate I like it. contrasting lightsabers that that battle at the end of Sith didn't have. Because they're both blue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... It made I, sense. I just think that they could have accomplished something more emotional, and they didn't have to 
do all the high wire act that they did. Now, I don't hate that battle. Yeah. I think that it has a great emotional beat at the end. It's 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 it is good whenever Anakin's laying there catching on fire. That's some real emotional yeah. work. Um, See, I don't need but I don't need I don't need a new scene in the New Hope. Yeah, I don't even need them to refilm that with good actors doing actual sword fighting. I'd be okay if they just fix all the lightsabers. Or well, particularly yeah. Obi-Wan's lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. Particularly the scene where it kind of it's points pointing right, right at, at the you and yeah. And it's just a little well, dot. Yeah. 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 But you, like would, you would enjoy that? You'd like a new a new a completely redone new choreography, yes. all kinds of bells and whistles. Yeah, like I liken it to the the battle of Yavin that they redid in the special edition. You know, you, you keep some of the you know, the cutaways in there and you you know edit them so that way it's all very seamless you know you keep the dialogue and all yeah, that th- I don't know if they could do that I don't with having well, it's easier to do that with with um, yeah, a trench battle and things like that it, it would be really difficult to do that with the two actors having to repeat all that dialogue and stretch no, no, it all no, no, no. They, they wouldn't repeat the dialogue you just edit that and like cut it into in between like more far away shots of them yeah. going at it. Uh, you know, it's obviously shoot it on a, on a green screen, you can recreate that room and you probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And it would probably look like it was faked out just like all the other fake out oh, stuff that they added. The they, look, they look different. All the added stuff in the special editions. That was totally 1997. Different. It's 2013. Even in the prequels, you know what shit isn't. That was 1999. It's 2013. They could do it. I don't think they could. I think it would still look too clean and not organic whatsoever. Is but there? Are there any other scenes that you think they well, they should redo staying, or change around? Stay on the scene for a second. Okay. If, if they did it the way the way you want with the big fight, do you think they would be able to lead it into Obi Wan giving up at the end as easily? Yeah, sure. Because wouldn't wouldn't it kind of play odd if he's fighting the fuck out of this guy and all of a sudden he's like. All right, I'm done. No, it might no, even no, play. No, actually, no, no. it might even play better because you can see that he's fully capable of see, handling Darth Vader. But then, in order to distract, see, I don't he think gives up. he was never able to handle Darth Vader. He got lucky that he even beat him in the. Yeah, in I don't. The I don't want him to be able there, to beat Darth Vader. He, if you watch the Sith battle, he was on the defensive the entire time. I, I agree, but at this point, Darth Vader, I would imagine, is physically less capable. Um, than he was whenever he was a fully functioning... Don't give me that look. Whenever he had all his limbs... He's half robot. He's not going to get tired. He might. Well, he's got that breathing problem. He's got asthma, son. Just saying. But, but no. The way I would like to see it is... It starts out and they're just going at each other. Like, there's nobody's giving up any ground. But as it goes on but a little Obi-Wan bit... But Obi-Wan goes into that fight knowing he's not coming out of it. That's fine, but I, this is the way I want to see it. Like, I, I don't want him to be, like, going into it knowing he's not going to come out so he fights like a bitch. Like, I want them to go at it. And then, as the fight goes on, Vader gains more and more ground, and then until it's clear that Obi-Wan's just going to lose, and at that point, he, you know, well, isn't it more gives her- up. Isn't it more heroic that it didn't seem like he was going to completely lose, and it felt... More like he was surrendering and making it that distraction that he was getting 
that he brought everybody away. I same, th- same thing. No, I, I, think, I think it's different. It, no, it's not. I mean, not if you do it, like, in the way that Ian's saying. You, you still have him create the diversion, but I still want to see him fight more fiercely. I want to see them doing more things than just... Like, I mean, come on. They're, like, waving fucking mean, sticks at, at each other. As an audience... If you start seeing somebody losing, and then they're just like, oh, I give up, doesn't that no, no, cut no, away no, from no, the... No, 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 He's losing to the point where, like, okay, he's not going to win, but he still, like, he still offers that little smirk, which, one of my favorite parts. You know, he gives that little smile to Vader, like, oh, and by the way, I got to Luke first. We got him, and you didn't, so I, I won. And I think that that's awesome. You keep that there, and... That's all you need, in my opinion. Hmm. What were you gonna ask? I had nothing to ask. No, before we stayed on this on this scene. Oh, you. Oh, are there any other uh, scenes in in the uh, original trilogy that you would have redone, or that you would like to see a change, a drastic change made to? Um, I would take out the Job of the Hut special edition edition. I don't think. We need to see Jabba the Hutt in any of the movies. I don't think he needs to be in Phantom Menace. I don't think we need to see him until yeah. Return of the In Jedi. any of the movies? Oh. I agree. I agree. I was trying that to jump on you before you said that, that part. Jabba the Hutt would be a really cool reveal to see him for the first time in Return of the Jedi. Because um, you, you can hear about him. Yeah. He makes him makes it sound like he's this legendary gangster. You know? like. But, at the same time, if we're fucking hearing about him for six movies and you introduce him and then you kill him 15 minutes later by Bikini Leia, that's a little bit... Well, I don't, I don't mean we need to hear about him every movie, and we don't. You know, you can mention him while you're on Tatooine in Phantom Menace. We don't need to hear about him for another two movies. They drop his name in A New Hope, yeah. and then we see him in... You hear about him Jedi. in Empire. Right. So, yeah, you pretty much hear about him in every movie. No, but it's not a constant thing. It's no, not like that... Right. It's not any different than it is with... Now, without that added scene that looks like shit. I agree. So, one of the... uh, Yeah, I agree with Paul. Probably should just be taken out. It wasn't good CGI. It didn't look like Jabba. It, um... I think Lucas just had a boner that he had that scene filmed. He wrote that scene, and he he had the ability to make it happen. Even if it would have... Cut that, cut the pacing of the movie, or made things weird. I would have rather seen the sandstorm scene put back in. Where you don't think? I don't. All I know is that there's a sandstorm in uh, Return of the Jedi. Once they, they leave Jabba's palace, they fly. They take the skiff back to where the Millennium Falcon and Luke's X-wing are. Oh, I'm not. And there's a big sandstorm when they say when they say their goodbyes, and then they go off. And other separate ways. Yeah. I'd, all, I'd rather see... I need that. Yeah, it's not needed, but just like the scene where in A New Hope where Luke and Biggs talk before they attack the Death Star, you don't need it, but it's one of those quiet moments between the main characters that I'd like to see more of. Um, I think one of my favorite um, portions that was added in was in The Empire Strikes Back when they included the Wampa. That Luke kills. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, because now it's not just a hand puppet. Um, you actually see what the hell it was that he had to go up against. Kind of scary. Um, although I don't know why that his lightsaber didn't cauterize the 
the arm. Um, you know, terrible, terrible plot hole, right? Ian? Because because it the ruined the movie so for me. Because <laughs> it's, it's so, so cold, cold, the lightsaber the isn't hot enough. Isn't, yes. Gotcha. Remember when it cut into the fucking Tauntaun and the guts came out? That is like well, one of the best special effects. It mixed with the sound effect. The Tauntaun sleeping bag is the greatest fucking really novelty is. idea. It's a hundred bucks though. Like who the fuck's gonna spend a hundred bucks on that? I don't think I'm familiar with. They make a Tauntaun sleeping bag. Yeah, and when you open it, the inside yeah. flap is the guts. Yeah. <laughs> How revolting. <laughs> So, um... How much is it again? I think it's a hundred bucks. Like, it's on thinkgeek.com. <laughs> so, anyway... I like uh, that. One of the, um... I think missed opportunities in Return of the Jedi, if they would have spent their time doing this instead of making a god-awful musical number like they did, they could have increased the scope and scale of the, uh, the battle. The, um the Battle of Endor with, you know, all the spaceships. Add in some shit just the way they did for the Battle of Yavin. Do you think it was needed? Because the, the Battle of Yavin, or the Battle of Endor is, it's pretty fleshed out. It, no, you're right, it is. It's amazing. It Up until pretty much what we see in um, Revenge of the Sith in the beginning, it was about the best space battle, and it was that way for 20 fucking years. Um, but, I still think that they could have made it bigger. They could have added TIE Fighters. They could have added X-Wings. They could have added capital ships. It yeah. just made it... But I is, mean, the, is the Rebellion it, that big? I think it is, yeah. I think that this was the Rebellion's entire force. And I just feel like it could have been bigger. And that would have... Like, how cool would it have been to see some fucking Star Destroyers fighting Mon Calamari cruisers? You never actually cool. see that. Um, I think it would have been cool to see the Millennium Falcon do even more than it did. Um, you know, not a ton, but, but add to it. There's no reason not to. I mean, this is the final confrontation. You know, this is the... If there was a, If there was some place that you could make it, you know, go together pretty seamlessly, that's a great point to put in yeah. something. I, I, I don't need it, but yeah. I think that it, it, it could potentially be cool. Yeah. It doesn't make or break it, but that is a point where I don't think too many, I don't think too many people would bitch, and there would be a greater chance that it would add some depth to that battle. Yeah. So my big ones, I would have loved to have seen the Vader Obi Wan redone, and then the Battle of Endor kind of expanded. Fair. Um. So you guys, you're big fans of the the rubber masks in Star Wars, the actual tangible things. Yes. As you get older, and you go back and watch the Star Wars movies, they are clearly rubber masks. They they clearly don't look like another species. They just look like some dude wearing a rubber mask. Does that bother you, or do you feel like it is so ingrained in you that from childhood that you're able to kind of just be pulled back into that world? I feel like they are another species. And since they are background characters they don't need to be fully fleshed out we don't need they don't need to be pulled into the front we don't need to see them doing shit in the background that would distract from our primary focus of the scene i think that characters that are in the foreground that are aliens chewbacca chewbacca still looks pretty damn he good. looks amazing so and and he's on screen has a lot of screen time what about the Yoda what puppet. about fantastic yeah but cgi yoda is pretty fucking good too 
And as a matter of fact, CGI Yoda is better than Puppet Yoda. I think I think in Empire, Puppet Yoda is pretty great. He is, but in Revenge of the Sith, CGI Yoda is amazing. See, I don't I don't need to see him do all that. So no, even even for the talking parts, he's just he looks more like a real thing. Do you feel like are you pulled out by the rubber masks? As I get older, yeah, I have to admit that they look more and more fake to me, but bad CGI looks worse and worse to me, too. Like, I mean... It, bad rubber it just masks as, will only, only look so bad. They they look really bad, but they don't get worse as it, go, it goes on. They're always... Right, because there aren't, they aren't making better rubber masks yeah. anymore. But they are making better CGI. Like, my point, I think Revenge of the Sith Yoda is better than Empire Yoda, and I mean, maybe that's just an opinion, but it looks more like a real thing to me. I mean, when I look at Empire now, especially after seeing seeing Sith Yoda, I think Empire Yoda looks like a fucking puppet. I think the performance is maybe it's just what he's doing is more powerful. But I have to take I have to disagree and take Empire Yoda over any other version of. Well, Empire Yoda is the coolest just because you see him training. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that's so fucking cool. He explains the Force. That's so cool. But I mean, like, you also see him hanging on Luke's back, and he ain't doing shit. He's just a fucking dummy on his back. I'm gonna go puppet every time. I'm gonna go puppet and rubber mask every time because I'm it's, looking at it discerningly because it's it's tangible. It's something there. It looks like it's really in that space. It looks like it's really part of that universe. You go. You Yoda watch looks those, like he's really there. You watch. Yeah, but he's he's not. And you know he's well. You know it's a puppet. In yeah, Empire. nothing. Nothing looks like for as as realistic as CG gets in any movie. For as much as as good as it looks, you can't touch it. Like it's the entire bit on Camino and Attack of the Clones. It's you and McGregor and nothing else. I felt that that scene actually looked really good. I think that's a bad example. I realize what you're saying. Yeah, it, but... it, it holds. It holds up. The way the way the Caminoans look against all the backgrounds and everything, mm-hmm. as far as bad effects go in those movies, I mean that that stuff holds up really well. Right. But it doesn't feel. It's it's not. It, you just know it's not tangible. It doesn't feel. like... I realize it's not tangible, real. but it looks more real. Like it looks more like this is a living, breathing character as opposed to a hand puppet. Like I mean, I know this isn't Star Wars, but Lord of the Rings. Look at fucking Gollum. Gollum looks more realistic than Empire Strikes Back Yoda. I don't think he does. You're crazy. I, I would agree with that. I think Gollum's really dynamic well, I mean, looking. He he looks really good, but he's not he's still not there. But I mean, there are other things that aren't really there. I mean like so the the sequence in uh, the special edition of A New Hope, the attack on the Death Star, they added in a lot of CGI. Those star, those um, X-wing fighters aren't really there. It's just CGI. Yeah, but you can you can mimic hard surfaces and spaceships, especially a lot better than you can something organic. Okay. Um, I, I agree with that. Circa 1997, but when I saw Gollum in Lord of the Rings, I think that. He's, he's, he's incredible. He, he may be the best CGI created character 
He might be. Uh, he was really good looking in um, The Hobbit yeah. as well. But really pay close attention to Yoda in Revenge of the Sith. They really upped their game. Like, he looks really shitty in Attack of the Clones compared to the way he looks in Sith. It's amazing. Pay attention to it. I think you might feel differently if you're really, like, examining it. I won't. I With an honest mind. I, I'm giving you an honest mind. I don't like it. You're giving me a closed mind. I'm giving you an honest mind. Honestly, they should have had. They should have used more hard surfaces and sets. Oh yeah, They're I like, agree. Hey, I agree. Have, you know, we I don't agree. have to build this. I'm just talking about just one specific thing. Just one specific thing. I agree. They should have used more sets. They should have used. More but masks. it's not like it's not like you look at Empire Strikes Back and you're like, "Holy fuck, this puppet is bullshit. We need to fix this." Yoda didn't need fixed. The Yoda puppet is fine. They could have still used the Yoda puppet. They, and the way technology's come, you mean to tell me they couldn't upgrade the puppet to make him look more realistic in all these years? Well, But they still opted for CGI anyway? There's no way that CG- they're going to try to use a puppet in, for the things that they wanted him to do. No, he, no he's, I mean, he's not going to sword fight, but all the fucking scenes where they're just sitting around talking. I see what you're saying, but, a puppet. but he looked so real as CGI. I mean, like, just because it was CGI doesn't automatically make it bullshit. I mean, it looked fucking real. As real as CGI can get, yes. It looked more real. It looked more believable than a hand puppet. It looked more like a living, breathing creature than a static hand puppet. The hand puppet's ears jiggle around. It doesn't have the, the muscle movement in the face. Look at it discerningly. I did recently. I watched those movies last week. I'm going to pick a puppet every time. Not just for Yoda, for anything. That seems somewhat closed-minded. This is where your typical closed-mindedness... I know you're not being like that now, but this is where your typical closed-mindedness comes back to bite you. I don't give a shit. I'll be closed-minded. You are. I prefer puppets. I understand. I usually do too, but because I think I think for all this scene, I think they could have used the puppet, and he would he would have been fine. They could have created a modern day awesome puppet for Yoda. They did create a puppet, Jim Henson, and it looked good. In in Phantom Menace, it looked good, but except that it looked like he was two hundred years old. He looked a little too young. You think? It's a little too spry. Right, but. Realistic wise, it looked good, but it was still a fucking puppet. It was still you, like I could almost see the fucking hand up that thing's <laughs> head. You know what I mean? Like, like you're pulled out of the fact that it's not really there. I'm pulled out of the fact that I'm pretty sure I can see the fingers like indenting like from the inside out. It's not that bad. I'm using hyperbole, over exaggeration for the sake of emphasis. I am fully aware of what hyperbole is. That was for the How about listeners. condescending dick? <laughs> Are you? That was for the listeners. I know. Next subject. Ian, go. Did we get any more Twitter questions? We, we did um, from the guys at That Old Comic Smell, but it is not Star Wars-centric. Mm-hmm. So we will table that for another... Another podcast? Another podcast. Don't they know the rules? I'm sure they do. They're avid listeners and gentlemen 
all they the like. Good sirs. Well, Ian, while Matt and I were getting ready to, you know, well on each other over here, you were pretty quiet. Well, so what were you there, thinking about during all this? Well, I was answering Twitter questions, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, there's no, it's a, it's an opinion. Uh, I like the puppet in Empire, and, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I said, but I have no further I like the puppet in Empire, to, too. You know, but, I, I just, uh, if I had to pick, ages, I notice it, if, if I had to pick one, that's what I would pick. I mean, that's, that's where I'm going. So you're... Top three Star Wars movies of the original trilogy. Yeah. In what order? <sighs> Empire, A New Hope, Jedi. Empire, Jedi, A New Hope. Don't give me that smirk. No, I'm, I'm smiling because we're all different. A New Hope, Empire, Jedi. Really? They just get worse for you. <laughs> Each installment, you're more disappointed than the last. I don't last. know. Like, um... Not surprising. Basically, but, but basically, in the way that he watched it, the first one he, he saw Jedi is like, ah, they could have done so much better. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, basically, it's like a ten, a nine point nine, and a nine point eight. You know what I mean? Like, I love those fucking movies. And then Revenge of the Sith is like a nine point eight and a half. Fair, fair. It's exuberance to one of the movies that he liked. I think we've run the gamut of original trilogy talk tonight. I think we've answered all of our uh, Twitter questions. I'd like to thank everybody that supplied questions, and uh, maybe we'll try to do it more often. It was kind of fun to get some outside perspective. I think it was fun. I appreciate it. We all appreciate it. So thanks to everyone that uh, tweeted us or got in touch with us tonight. We'll let you know when we're doing it again, and come on back next week when we talk about sequel trilogy speculation. What's J.J. Abrams going to do to our beloved franchise? The future of Star Wars. That's correct. The unknown. The undiscovered country. Oh. oh. Well, what is, what is there to say except may the force be with you? I'm Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. And Matt Casal. We'll see you later. Wait, weren't we supposed to say our Jedi names and shit? Oh, yeah. Mace Sharply? Luke McGinty. C3. Casal. Is he a Jedi? Are we just doing Jedi? We're done. Good night. <laughs>